0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Amen, Faith Assembly. Isn't God good? Don't you sense his presence in this room this evening? I just feel the Lord is so strongly in this room. I didn't want Pastor John to stop singing. And uh, the Lord is in this room and I believe God shows up for a specific reason. And I think you showed up for a specific reason. And this evening, I pray that your hearts are so filled with grace, so encouraged. And I'm, I'm, I'm elated to give this word tonight and I'm privileged to have this opportunity. Thank you for being with us this evening. And thanks for all of you tuning in online and uh, we're gonna go to the Lord in prayer and then I'm gonna share what God has placed on my heart this evening. Are you ready for the word in just a moment, say yes. You gotta talk to me. The, the more you say amen, the more you say well, the more you pre- say preach that gospel, it, the, the shorter I preach and we can go home and we can get a snack and go to bed early. That sounds delicious. Well, blessings to each and every single one of you. Before I jump into this message, um, I believe right now uh, a dear friend of mine and a couple is watching right now online. And um, how many of you know we serve a miracle worker? A God who can do impossible things. And there's a dear friend of mine, a couple that attends the Red Bug Lake campus. It's the Edwards. And just the couple, last couple weeks, Alisa, Tom's wife, has gone through a severe health challenge and I want to be honest with every single one of you tonight she needs a miracle in her body well just last Tuesday I had the opportunity to see them and pray with them in person at the hospital but we're gonna to go to the Lord in prayer right now and I believe that there is faith the scripture says when we gather in his name he is in our midst and wherever Jesus went in the scripture wherever Jesus went anytime something amazing was about to take place and so Elisa if you're watching right now I'm calling an audience of warriors to pray for you right now and we're going to believe for a miracle in your body and we're going to believe complete, total healing. Would you pray with me please right now at this moment? Father, in the mighty, unstoppable, unconquered name of Jesus Christ, I lift up Elisa. I pray right now that you would raise her up, that you would touch her body. In the mighty name of Jesus, I come against every attack on her body in Jesus' name. I rebuke the lies of the enemy. I pray that your mind would be whole, that your body would be strong, in the mighty name of Jesus. I curse every single disease, every single challenge, everything that would say that you will not be all right, that you will not overcome. My God, you said it is not by might or by power, but by your spirit. And I declare the spirit of Jesus Christ over your body. You will live, you will be strong, you will be courageous. God's not done with you yet. In the name of Jesus, I pray a healing in your body. I believe for a miracle in your name, Father. You said by your stripes we are healed you said let us call upon the elders of the church and anoint the sick and with oil and we will see them recover and in Jesus name we pray that right now you would feel the Holy Spirit right now you would rise up and stand that right now everything that was taken from you would be removed and replaced and given back we have gone into the enemy's camp and we say devil you have no authority we will put you where you belong you have no right you have no authority on her life we believe for a miracle In the unstoppable name of Jesus Christ, And right now I pray for this word and I pray for every person assembled in this auditorium. I ask you that we would be changed, God, not by the words of a preacher, not by clever colloquialisms, not by little statements and sentences and tweetable phrases. God, I pray we are changed by the eternal word of God. The Bible says that when you spoke, a son was born. And it's by those very words that the entire galaxy hangs in the balance. And Lord, we honor your word in this house and I ask as you would anoint this vessel and you would anoint these receivers. Lord, I pray that you would challenge us and change us, that everybody in this room would walk out of here not saying, wow, that sermon was great, what a great preacher, that we would walk out of here with one thing on our mind, my God is an awesome God and he's not done with me. We love you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Well, I feel like preaching. I don't know if y'all ready for it, but I'm gonna preach by myself if you're not ready. This evening, this evening, I'm excited to bring this message to you again. Thank you for being with us. Uh, on the screen right there is uh, an opportunity for you to get our app or go onto to the Version Bible app. You can see all the notes that we will be unpacking this evening. It's a blessing to be with all of you. Are you ready for the word? Say yes. yes. Let's go to the word of God tonight. I'm going to be speaking from this subject. It is seasonal. It's Seasonal. And how many of you know seasons matter? And you gotta know what season you're in in life. And so, what is so profound and so amazing is that everything this evening, from the worship that was sung, from the verses that have been prayed over you, from the prayers that have been spoken, from this microphone over the course of this evening have all aligned with this word. And I love it when God puts things together. And uh, he's good at that, so we're gonna trust that he has got something specific for you. I need every person in this room to listen to the sound of my voice. You did not step into this room by accident. God has you here on purpose. You might be here tonight and you would say you're an unbeliever, you're a pre-believer as our lead pastor says sometimes. And I would welcome you in this house. I wanna let you know that you are in a building right now where you can belong before you believe. I believe that as we share this word that your heart is gonna be transformed. And I'm believing that at the conclusion of this message that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I would be so happy to welcome you into his family. But I'm gonna to go to the word tonight and speaking from the subject, it's seasonal. Are you ready? Say yes. Yes. The scripture says this, Proverbs chapter 10, the Bible says this, it'll be on the big Bible behind me. It says this, know the importance of the season you're in and a wise son or daughter you will be. But what a waste when an incompetent son sleeps through his day of opportunity. I believe that it is so important for us to know the season that we're in. Because if we don't know what season we're in, we'll be unprepared to receive from that place that we're standing. You may be carrying the wrong thing in the wrong season. You may be bringing the wrong tools to enrich the season that you're in. And as we talk about seasons, I have to talk about one of my favorite people on the planet. Of course, it's Ralphie's brother. Ralphie's little brother. You remember this kid? Ralphie's little brother, this cute little kid, they put him in this thing. You remember this movie, you shoot the eye out kid? That kid, yeah, his brother. I remember we were watching this scene when I was little, and as the holiday season approaches, we're probably gonna watch this movie, and it'll be on repeat on certain channels, but when I think about seasons, I think about Ralphie's little brother, because look at this ridiculous costume that the mother made him wear because it was 10 below. I digress. So there's Ralphie, his name's Randy, that's him, he's adorable, and uh, so am I, but moving on. Here's the deal, Ralphie's little brother Randy, his mother dressed him up. Now Ralphie in Chicago wearing this outfit is good. Ah, he's cozy, he's warm, he feels comfortable and delicious. It is a beautiful blanket of love. However, if Ralphie were to go into another climate or to another season, Ralphie in Chicago in December is good in that season, he's prepared to receive and be blessed and, prov- and, and promoted and feel good in that season. However, if we take this exact same outfit, if we had taken this exact same preparation and we bring him to Miami Beach in July, Randy is not happy. <laughs> Why, because he showed up to a place that he is unprepared for. I'm talking about seasons this evening And as I share for the next few moments, I pray that your hearts are transformed. Again, not by the words of a preacher. I don't have the words to set you free. There's only one that has the words of life. And we're following him this evening. It's important to know what season you're in. Because if you don't, you might be carrying the right thing in the wrong season. Imagine a farmer, if you will, he's setting up for a farmer's market. He's got a beautiful table. He's got a beautiful basket to to hold the fruits and vegetables that he's grown. Imagine a farmer getting ready. He's got a beautiful banner. He's got a beautiful logo. It's going to be fresh veggies for sale. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's a strawberry patch. How many of you could do that on on the weekends? There's, There's a friend of mine named Jeannie. She's always talking about strawberry patches, or I don't know what they're called, but she likes to go there's lots of fun I have no time for that but imagine a farmer setting up a table getting everything fancy getting everything ready and he's got the buckets ready he's got the table ready he's got the merchandise he's got the shirt he's got the logo he looks adorable he is ready ladies and gentlemen but imagine if he's standing there getting ready to sell some stuff but then if you ask him hey real quick have you planted any seeds well no but I'm getting ready for harvest Have you rolled up your sleeves and put your hands into the dirt? No, but I'm getting ready for a mighty harvest. It's gonna be awesome. It's mine. Name it, claim it, you know what I'm saying? But that farmer would look so foolish if he had not planted one seed. Can I go in tonight? Is it all right if I share from a place that I'm still growing? Because so often, I think we look at preachers sometimes and they share from a place, a position of which, a place that they feel comfortable in, they feel like they've arrived. And sometimes the perception, and I I say that strategically, the perception of the person communicating is that they have arrived. That their life is perfect, that they're not only just good looking, I can, I, I can relate, not only are they just having a good time and their marriage is great and they have great kids and they're all saved and they're all going to heaven, even the cat, and all these things, and you could observe a preacher, a communicator of the gospel, and you could assume, have you ever done this before? And you just assume, well, it must be easy to be a Christian if you have a life like that. Have you ever been there? Say yes. Okay, thank God. I'm not the only sinner in the room. But I wanna to share to you this evening from a place that I'm still growing. I wanna share with you this evening from a place that I have not arrived. If you're looking for a preacher or a communicator, that's perfect, be here on Sunday. Pastor Johnny will be back in the pulpit. <laughs> Pretty close to it. But as I share this evening, I wanna let you know that this preacher up here isn't perfect, and that I'm not better than you, and I haven't arrived, that I'm still on a faith journey just like you. That every single day I wake up, and I deny myself, and I take up my cross, and I follow Jesus. I want to let you know that sometimes I'm a hypocrite. That sometimes I fall short. That sometimes I'm not perfect. Maybe you are. Some people say to me, well, I can't go to a church that's full of hypocrites. I like what Frank Turk says. He says, come on down, pal. We got room for one more. Let me tell you what I mean by hypocrite. You know, like, if you haven't been a hypocrite lately, you know what that means. Your standards are too low. Because the truth of the matter is that all of us fall short of God's glory. That the moment we get arrogant and think that we've arrived, the moment we think that we're not going to struggle or fail anymore, we are in for a big, rude surprise. Every single day, i got to wake up and follow Jesus just like you. How do I do it? I just wake up and I say, God, help me be more like Jesus and less like anybody else. I heard one preacher say it a little differently, and I like to say it like this, Christianity doesn't make me better than you. Christianity makes, makes me better than me. And this evening, I wanna share with you from a place that I'm still growing and that I have not arrived. Is it right if I'm vulnerable tonight? Is it right if I let you see your pastor bleed tonight? Is it, right if I, if I, is it right if I get emotional tonight when I share what I'm sharing this evening? Because I haven't arrived and I'm still growing, and I wanna be better tomorrow than I was today. I think one of the reasons why so many of us feel stuck or unproductive in life, have you ever been there? It's because not, we're not realistically considering the season that we're in. Here's what we're doing. We're endlessly comparing our season to someone else. Have you ever done that? No, not you, no, no, of course not. You're perfect and beautiful. You're God's favorite. But here's the deal. like We're endlessly comparing ourselves one to another. Aren't we doing that? scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through social media, oh, awesome, you went on another vacation, awesome, you just got a promotion, awesome, you just got married, awesome, I'm still single. (laughs) All these thoughts, all these emotions. And I think one of the reasons why we feel stuck, we feel like we're not moving fast enough in life is because we're comparing ourselves to one another. But can I tell you something? God did not call you to finish anyone else's race. God has uniquely empowered you to finish yours. He has an irreplaceable, influential, custom-made purpose for your life. God has made you for such a time as this. Write this down, you are an unrepeatable miracle. Do you wanna maximize every season of your life? You can say yes. Here's the big takeaway that I wanna share with you right at the jump, just in case you ignore me for the rest of this message and go back to social media because we can't go a minute without it, I understand. But for the person who's impatient like me, you're the one that microwaves a Pop-Tart, I understand, you're in a rush, let me just go on. Here it is. If you're wondering what the whole sermon's gonna be about, it's this, if you wanna get the most out of your life and the most out of every season that you go to, it's two things, say two things. Number one, draw near to the one who made all, all the seasons and knows how to grow us into a fruitful harvest. That's number one. Number two is this, ask yourself, this is important, what is currently growing in my life and is moving me towards great? things. What season are you in in life? Hear me. Are you single? Are you married? Are you divorced? Are you a newlywed? Are you an empty nester? Are you a student? Are you going back to college for the first time in a long time? Are you working two jobs? Are you in a growing season, a healing season, a season of grief? Are you a caretaker for a loved one right now? What season of life are you in? Do not compare your season to someone else's. Too often we compare our chapter 10 to somebody's chapter 30, and we feel like we're stuck or we're not moving forward in life because we're doing the wrong things. Our eyes are focused on somebody else pursuing their purpose. God has not called you to fulfill my purpose. How many of you know, when God made me, he broke the mold. When he made you, he broke the mold. God has a purpose and plan for your life. He's big enough for that. Are you with me so far? Say yes. Oh, I can't wait to get into this. Is it all right if I... Are you, do you want me to hype you up or do you want me to help you up? Because I did not come into this room to speak to an audience. I came here to speak to an army that's going to take over the world for Jesus. Hear me. What season are you in? The better question to ask is this. When you understand your unique season, you understand this question. Here it is. What needs to be my priority at this specific unique moment in my life? Simply stated, like this. What season are you currently in? And what is, watch this, what is the most important thing I can be doing right now? We have to be cautious when we pedal out our endless supply of unsolicited free advice. I'm gonna help somebody tonight. Because sometimes when we come together and sometimes when we walk into the, the, the highways and byways of life, we can give away some free life advice. I, I gotta help some people out. Is it all right if I help some people out tonight? Here's the deal. There's a lot of us sometimes, and we have the gift, the spiritual gift of suggestion. We have got a laundry lit, and I know, you've read the Bible and you found it in the book of imadestuffup.com book of the Bible, okay? I found it, Pastor. This is the spiritual gift of suggestion, and that's my job in life. I'm the person who leads a comment in every suggestion box everywhere I go. I have a lot of Yelp reviews. Here's the deal. I'm gonna help some people out. Because sometimes we walk around and we feel like we know a couple things. And I'm sure you do. I know. You're God's favorite. But I'm gonna help somebody out tonight. Sometimes we walk up to individuals and we look at them and go, Baby, how old are you, young lady? Oh my gosh. Are you ever getting married? Hey, can I help somebody out tonight? There's a single person in the room who's like, Thank you. Preach that gospel. Hit. All right, here we go. And you see a girl, how old are you? Oh my, you're 25? Oh, your life's over. Your biological clock's ticking like this. Like you're in trouble, sweetheart. You better hurry up and get married. Oh my, God, there's only so many, there's only so many bachelors. There's not a lot of fish in the sea. You better get yourself a man, girlfriend. I'm gonna go out on a limb right now. And I'm gonna say something, it's a little risky, so get ready. I'm pretty sure that whoever you're suggesting that to is aware of their relationship status. I'm pretty sure that they don't, they don't wake up one day and go, oh my gosh, I do have a boyfriend. No, stop suggesting people to get into a relationship. And nobody said amen on that, it's all right. And there's a reason why I'm going here. Or you have somebody else walk up to you. Now, how long have you guys been married? Oh my gosh, you better have a kid. Sweetheart, you, be- <laughs> you better hurry up. Get this thing going. You better have a baby. You better wrap this thing up. We gotta have that. And then the person has a baby. And you know what they walk up to him and say? Oh, sweetheart, I have the spiritual gift of suggestion. God has anointed me to come up to you and tell you all the flaws in your logic and your reasoning and your life. Just sit down with me. I'm Oprah and I'm here to help you. Are you with me so far? And they'll walk up to a young lady and go, baby, you need to have a baby. And then as soon as she has a baby, oh, you gotta have another one. You can't just have one. Do you hate your child? He's gotta have a sibling. You know what, as I read the scripture, I do see moments where God anointed people to go up to somebody and mention something in their life that needed improvement. That's in the Bible, undeniable. But you know what's also in the Bible? Praying. You know what's also in the Bible? Weeping with those who weep. You know what's also in the Bible? Understanding the season that somebody's in. You know what's also in the Bible? Knowing that there's a time and a place for everything. I say this respectfully, because I'm gonna get heavy real quick. I gotta just say it like this, hear me. Be careful when you're telling somebody to jump into a relationship. You don't know what that person's been through. You don't know, watch this. You don't know if they just got out of a really violent, abusive relationship. I say this respectfully, but hear me. You don't know if that couple has been trying to have a baby for a long time. You don't know if they suffered a miscarriage recently. You don't know if they're struggling with infertility. And though your heart might be in the right place, you could walk up to that individual and say something just tongue in cheek and just say something that you don't think is a big deal, but it can be devastating. Guard your words, guard your words. If you really want to help somebody, here's the problem, and I I gotta say this to you, don't rush them into a new season. Maybe God has not done with them in this one. If you really want to help someone, because I know that God has placed a burden on some of your hearts, you really do want to help some people. If you wanna help somebody, I think maybe you should go this direction. I hope you can hear me when I say this respectfully. Maybe you can say something to an individual like this. Hey, I've been praying for you for the last few weeks, and I see that the Lord's doing some incredible things in your life, and I would like to be a friend to you. And if you ever wanna chat about where God is taking your life, I would help to be, I would love to be somebody to ch- challenge and cheer you on as you grow. I wanna be someone that encourages you along the way. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody walked up to me and said that to me, I'd be so willing and ready to receive what they had to say. It's a different position. It's, for, it's speaking from a position of humility. You see, iron sharpens iron, but it's easier to sharpen someone once you've prayed for them and earn the right to speak into their life. Let's be believers who encourage others to thrive into all of their divine greatness. I want to maximize every season of my life. Are you with me so far? See, our God is a forward-moving God. Somebody say forward. There's no question what direction God wants you to go. Towards, it's, it's forward. Look what the scripture says in Romans chapter eight, it says this. All things work together for good to those that love God and for them according to his purpose. Here's the good news, God is calling you forward. The goal is not to find the one thing that moves you forward, the goal is to uncover how you can use everything in your life to move you forward. That means the good things are in your future. There's a promise for you that God has for you to receive. If it's not good, simple theology, that just means God's not done with it yet. But maybe you're here tonight or you're watching online and you're saying, I'm doing the right things but I haven't seen any breakthrough yet. Have you ever been there? Say yes. What if you're doing the right things but you haven't seen breakthrough, you haven't seen a hopeful moment yet? What do you do when you're in the in-between? The space between God's promises made and God's promises kept. Have you ever been in that spot? God would have me tell you this. Friends, hang on. Stand firm. Hold the line. Here's what the scripture says. Speaking of seasons, it says this in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. It says this. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, another word for time is what? Season. You will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Keep advancing. Keep advancing. Joy is coming in the morning. Every storm runs out of rain. In a world that is plagued with inconsistency, our God is the rock that does not move. We will all go through valleys, but the valleys are what lead to higher mountains. Our God will make sure that you are well fed in the presence of your enemies. And as we continue to align our priorities with his purposes, good things are on the way. Let us move into these unrepeatable moments with a radical focus. I heard this story about this, this father who was just diagnosed with a very rare disease. It was a disease in his sight, in his vision, his eyes. And the doctor said, we're gonna try some treatment, and I'm not sure it's gonna work for you, but we're gonna try. But you're gonna notice something in your vision, and in the next couple weeks, you're gonna notice that it's gonna a little faded, and it's gonna be almost, it's going to lead to permanent blindness. We're gonna start some treatment, So let me tell you something, for the next month as he's enduring this treatment, he was in the most tragic agony you could imagine. He was thinking he's never gonna look at his wife again. He was never gonna see what his grandkids look like. He was never gonna see his son walk down the aisle and marry a beautiful girl. He was never gonna see all these beautiful moments and he was so worried. Could you imagine? Well, the good news is over the next few weeks, the treatment began to work and the doctor said, I think you're in the clear. I think you're gonna be all right. This particular man did not lose his sight. And then he said something to the doctor that I thought was so beautiful. He said, I was so relieved. You know what? I noticed that I'd gone through life taking certain things for granted. Have you ever done that? And he said, I took for granted just the idea of sight. And then he said a line that I thought was so beautiful. You know what he said? He goes, From now on, watch this. He said, I'm going to look on purpose. He said, I'm gonna slow down. I'm gonna really look into the eyes of my children. I'm gonna slow down when I'm on that long I-4 road trip and I'm stuck in traffic and I know it's frustrating and I know it's annoying and I know sometimes you just wish that it would be over, but I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna watch God's beautiful sunset because the heavens declare his glory and the sky proclaim proclaimed the work of his hands. I'm just gonna look out the window and see that sunset and I'm just gonna go, thank you, God, for letting me see such a beautiful thing today. I'm gonna to look on purpose. Can I ask you a question? What are you looking for? The scripture says if we seek, we're gonna find it. Let's stop focusing on all the pain in this world. Stop doom scrolling Twitter. (laughs) Let's start learning and leaning in forward into his promise. I know the world is saturated with problems right now, but I got good news. Our God is the healer. Hear me, for every hungry crowd, God is about to do a miracle with a few loaves and a few fish. For every oppressed, enslaved, broken people group, there's a Moses getting ready to emerge. I'm gonna stop looking for the problem and start asking God, what promises can he start fulfilling in me? Watch me, friends. Write this down, I know our world is broken, but that is why I'm never going to stop worshiping the God that heals broken things. I don't know where you are on your faith journey right now. I don't know what life has done to you, what hands you've been dealt, but I do know this, run to the God who heals and saves and delivers. If you're looking for a way out, a love that never leaves, a restoration, you're looking for the name of Jesus. I'm praying for tonight that we would have a divine course correcting perspective, that we would take full advantage of the moments that God has given us, that we would lean into our Heavenly Father's wisdom that he says he will give to us freely if we ask. Let's move forward in intentional, radical focus on keeping the main things the main things. Too often we're allowing tomorrow to distract us from all that God has for us today. The Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made and what? I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know what I've noticed? That God never created anything without a purpose. Everything God creates is saturated with divine significance. Hear me, if God has given you a sunrise, let's make the most of it by the time it sets. Today's the only time you have. It's too late for yesterday, and you can't depend on tomorrow. That's why today matters. So often we're feeling like we need to just get through the day, but God's asking you, can you make the most of this day? Isn't it true that life is trying to push us along? When you're in high school, you want to be in college. When you're in college, you want to be in your careers. When you're in your career, you want to be retired. When you're single, you want to be married. When you get married, everyone's saying, when you're having the kids. You thought I was gonna say something else. You need to come to the altar. (laughs) We are pressured to always feel like we gotta move faster. We're gonna move out. This chapter is meant to set up the next one. Are you with me? Write this down. Don't rush your season, receive your season. I don't know what the subsequent season for you is, but I do know this. The next season will only begin once this season Ends. God can use every moment to develop you into greater things. I read about a mom who is going through an intense season at work, and you know what she said? Hey, listen, I don't care, kids. You're going to wear some wrinkly clothes. I don't care. It's a busy season right now. She was a good mom, but she's like, listen, it's going to be taco and pizza night because my work schedule is really, really difficult right now, I'm in a tough season. So your clothes are gonna be wrinkly, you're gonna to have to go find your socks in the clean clothes hamper. I'm sorry, you're gonna to have to figure it out, baby. But she understood that that was a season where that was acceptable. Watch me. Not every single meal needs to be Rachel Way cuisine perfection. Sometimes you need to simplify your to-do list when you're in an intense season. You need to keep the main things the main things. If you just had a baby, it's okay for the weeds to get a little crazy in the front yard. The grass in the front yard and the backyard might get a little out of control when you're in the season of a newborn, but I think that your wife would be a whole lot happier if you were changing diapers than trimming the hedges. Who cares if your neighbors mock you for the way your yard looks? Hear me, you are not called and you are not living for their approval. You've been called to train up a child in the way that God wants them to grow. (laughs) Too often we're saying we're gonna enjoy life when we accomplish a goal. Are you ready for this? When the kids are raised, I'm gonna start enjoying my life. When I get that promotion, I'm gonna be happy. Our joy is always in the future when we cross another finish line. The problem is this, there will always be a reason why we can't be happy right now. The key is to find joy in the journey. You're not there yet. You're still waiting for things to improve. You're still believing for that promise, but in the meantime, you're enjoying every step along the way. We have to learn to make the most of the meantime. You see, if you're focused on finish lines and things not working out, trouble in the office, you'll miss the beauty of this day. You'll be too busy to play with your children You'll miss much of your life rushing to get to the next thing. Parents, hear me, you get 18 summers with your children. You get 12, maybe 13 first days of school. Hear me, parents, there will be a last time that your children will ask you to wrestle with them on the floor. There will be a last time that they say, play hide and go seek with me, daddy. There will be a last time they say, mommy, you gotta come see my solo in the play tonight. There will be a last time that they say, jump in the pool. I don't care, I know you're dressed, but just jump in the pool, please. And in those moments, friends, I encourage you to be all there. Why are we rushing through these moments? What are we rushing towards? Netflix, (laughs) Instagram, more work emails? What are we rushing towards? So what if the food gets cold? So what if they don't get to bed exactly on time? If you're making memories that will live forever in your heart. Now, I know what the pushback's going to be. Oh, he's a new dad. He doesn't know nothing, baby. I'm gonna have to talk to him afterwards. I got some suggestions. (laughs) Here, I know the rules are important. And you're right, we can't spoil our children. We can't say yes all the time. But we need to know what rules we are allowed to bend. We need to know What Our jobs are important, but what's our most important job? We know our world's messed up, but maybe the way we're gonna change the world is not by a job that you hold, but maybe it's gonna be a person that you raise. We have to keep the main things the main things. What's the point of getting to the finish line if you have no family or loved ones to celebrate with you? Getting there matters, but so does all the days that lead us there. Don't rush your season, God has you there on purpose. Tomorrow is not promised. So if God has given you today, which he has, you got to make it count. God wants us to grow. Let's go to the scripture for examples of this, of people not growing in their season. Are you ready for this? The Israelites took an 11-day journey and they stretched it into 40 years. Their complaining and longing for the wrong things held them in a prolonged holding pattern with no hope of landing to the places that they were meant to be. Don't get stuck, hear me, don't get stuck somewhere you don't belong because you can't let go of the things that God is telling you to let go of. God is calling you into a land of promise. Don't miss your season. What disciplines can you develop today that are going to help you grow into the next chapter? I say that word intentionally. God is calling you, we do not go towards greatness, we grow towards greatness. What does the word grow imply? It takes a little time. It takes, ooh, ugly word. I'm getting ready to say a real bad word. Discipline. Oh, so dirty. (laughs) We don't like that word. But he's a good father. And he disciplines those that he. You know, there's so many lessons that we can gather from a garden. Sometimes parents are like, should I get my kid a pet? No, get him a garden. Let me tell you why. What happens? You get your kids a dog. Who takes care of the dog? You get yourself, you get them a goldfish. Who takes care of, who flushes the goldfish? You know, you. The two big lessons that I think we can gather from a garden are this. Here they are. Watch it. This is, this is really empowering. The two lessons that you can gain from a garden, from agriculture is this. You have the power to make things thrive. That's the first lesson. Second lesson is this. Neglect is deadly. Whoa. That's good, right there. I don't care who you are. <laughs> and those two truths can apply to almost every single area of our life, right? Our careers. Are you neglecting some areas? You have the power to make it thrive, but if you neglect certain things, they're going to be deadly. Your relationships. You see, it's dangerous when we're not walking in all that God has called us to be, and we're not standing in the season, being the person that God has called us to be. Let's go to the scripture. Look at First, Second Samuel, Chapter 11. King David, the most incredible gangster guy in the whole Bible. I love King David. But watch what happens, read this. Read this verse with me. If you have it on the screen, it says this. What's it say? In the spring. The spring is a what? Yes. In the spring when kings would go off to war, what does David do? David sent Joab with the king's men, the whole Israelite army, and they destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Reba. But David, watch this, remained in Jerusalem. Now we know what happens. What are kings called to do? They're called to steward and grow the kingdom. Watch this. But David, he was supposed to be serving, protecting, and expanding what God called him to, so important. But he becomes complacent. He becomes comfortable in the kingdoms that he had conquered. He rested on his laurels. He reminisced the good old days. Oh, be careful if all you're talking about good old days and not asking God, what do you have good for me to do today? This complacent compromise led to the most painful chapters of David's life. We know what happens. Bathsheba, the murder of Uriah, the loss of a child. Watch this. It's dangerous when we are not being who God has called us to be in the season we're standing in. Oh, the Bible mentions this again. You remember the prodigal son story? Luke chapter 15? There's a lesson that I think sometimes we overlook. What was the lesson? What did the son ask for? His inheritance. What was he asking? He was asking his father for something he wasn't prepared for. And the father gave him the blessing that he asked for, but he was not prepared to steward it properly. And sometimes we're saying, God, give me this, give me that, and God's going, baby, I'll give you what you want, but if you keep asking, you're gonna figure out a way for to get it for yourself. And if you don't have the discipline and the, the way to steward what I'm about to give you, it's gonna lead you to poverty and famine and a place that you don't wanna be. Have you ever been there to say yes? And the father reluctantly gives him his request, grants it to him, but it led to the most painful place of his life. We squander the time and the resources, reaching for our blessings that he wasn't prepared for. So often we replace, we we waste the irreplaceable moments because we're reaching for the right things at the wrong season. You know, the older I get, I thank God for all the doors that he opened for me. But the older I get, I also thank God for all the closed doors too. You know, yes, working that job and that promotion matters, but not at the expense of the most important things. Yes, getting that degree matters, but not at the expense of going to unrecoverable debt. Is there a better way? You have to know the season that you're in. What small blessings can you start stewarding well now so God can give you greater things to steward later? Let's stop asking ourselves what we're gonna do. What am I gonna do when I get there? No, let's start asking the better question. Here's what it is. What can I do right now to grow to that place? You see, some of you are asking for a spouse to love, but you don't even love yourself. Some of you are saying, God, make me the CEO of this company, and you don't even show up for the low-end part-time job you have right now. So where do you start? I got good news, and I got good news. Woo! Start right where you are with what you have. You don't have to wait till someday to start. You can start today. Next, take control of what's in your direct control. Don't worry about what's beyond your capability. What did Jesus say? He said this, refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes our way. One day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Write this down. Control the controllables. Steward well what God has given you and he will widen your capacity for more. Today matters. Show up and be all that God has called you to be. Throw off everything that's hindering you and slowing you down, friends. Run your race. If God is going to take you where he wants you to go, you cannot be bound to where you have been. Seek God and ask him for his divine wisdom. He wants to give it to you. Do you know how you get to a great tomorrow? You live a bunch of well-lived todays. You know, Jesus stewarded his seasons well. He knew the importance of focusing on the most important things that were in front of him. Is there anybody in scripture who had a more important calling than Jesus? Jesus. We know about his birth, we know about his first sermon, we know about his first miracle, he sa- what did he say? He goes, my time has not yet come, but yet I will honor my mother and perform this miracle at this wedding. But then we read that from age 12 to age, th- excuse me, from age 12 to age 30, 18 years, all he does is this. The Bible just gives us a real clear definition of what he does. Luke chapter two, it says this, and Jesus grew in favor and stature and in favor with God and man. <laughs> That's it. What was he doing? Being a good steward of the season he was in. He discipled 12 men with radical, intentional focus. What was he doing? He was looking on purpose. But then we read later on that he stepped into a brand new season where he had to focus on something new. The Bible says this in Luke chapter nine, verse 51. It says this, Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, and he steadfastly set his face to Jerusalem, to the place that he was going to be crucified. He modeled how important it is to be intentional about the season you're in. Let's strive to be present, seen, and interruptible. I heard this story about this young executive driving in his brand new Jaguar. And he was on his phone, he was texting, and he was doing business deals, and he was awesome. And he's in his fat little nice suit, and he's just driving, cruising, right? And he's driving fast through uh, through a neighborhood, definitely going over the speed limit. Well, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a brick comes flying and slams into the side of his brand new Jaguar. He was a little upset. He gets out of the car, he finds the kid that threw the brick, he goes, yo, you're gonna die. He goes, what are you doing, bro? Like, for real, how dare you? Like, do you understand how expensive this car, do you know who I am? And the little boy he noticed started crying and he says, sir, sir, I'm sorry, but I was asking anyone to help me and I was waving at you, but you wouldn't look. So I just did what I thought I could do. I just threw a brick at your car. He goes, why would you do that? He goes, look, my handicapped brother. He fell out of his wheelchair and he can't get up. And I've been sitting here for 20 minutes trying to lift him up, he's too heavy. Please help me, I don't know what to do. Little boy. This man couldn't get past the giant lump in his throat. And he goes up to this small handicapped man. And he picks him up and he sits him in his wheelchair. he grabs the handkerchief out of his pocket and dabs it over the scrapes and dries up the blood and he says I'm sorry I was so distracted I'm sorry I was just rushing and he helps the little boy move on his way and he turns around and as he's walking he looks at this big dent in his car and you know what he did he left it there and the reason he left it there was because he goes I need to be reminded to slow down and look around at the needs around me sometimes Don't be so busy through life that somebody has to throw a brick to get your attention. Don't miss your moment. There are so many many chances that you can get. If God has given you this moment, be present, live on purpose. Have you ever had a brick hit you out of nowhere? I have. December 23rd, 2018 is a Sunday I'll never forget. I'm getting phone calls and phone calls and phone calls. I'm in church. I'm trying to do my thing. And out of nowhere, messages, messages, messages. It was one of those menacing kind of phone calls. You know, the ones that you know that maybe something's wrong. And all of a sudden, I got a message from my mother and it said this. You have to come home. Michael is dead. Michael was my 27-year-old brother who passed away. December 23rd, 2018. He passed away from a drug overdose. My brother was addicted to heroin. He grew up in a broken home just like me. And I'm so happy that Pastor Johnny started a ministry called Mainstream Orlando, because that's where I ran when my life was falling apart. And he tried to come, and he did. But this addiction got the best of him. I'll never forget what happened. He finally goes to a program and he gets clean and free. And as he gets free and gets good, I tell my brother, I was like, Michael, stay out of town because this is your kryptonite. If there's anybody you know that has struggled with addiction, you know it's the three things, people, places, and things. You wanna change your behavior, you gotta get out of the wrong places. You got to get away from the wrong people, the wrong things. And I'll never forget, he had his great job. He finally got his first place. He was doing great. And I'll never forget, I went to breakfast with my brother a couple weeks before this tragic moment. And he was the happiest he had ever been. He had never gone a whole year free. But then he wanted to come home for Christmas. And I begged him not to. But he didn't. And you know what he thought? What's one time gonna hurt? And that one time took his life. I'm so happy that when I sat to breakfast with my brother that I was all there, that I wasn't somewhere else, that I wasn't looking at my stupid phone, that I was actually looking into the eyes of my brother. And at his funeral, I wrote a sermon that I hoped I'd never have to preach. And as I was speaking, I said these words that I wrote down on a piece of paper and it just said this. There's a song that goes like this, life's like an hourglass glued to the table. Nobody gets a rewind button. And I said this line, if life's like an hourglass, we better make the most of every grain of sand. He got 27 years. I believe my brother's in heaven. He was following the Lord with all of his heart, but he got into a place that he shouldn't have been in the wrong season that he was in And that compromise took his life. And when I get up to heaven, I'm gonna punch him. And then I'm gonna hug him. And maybe that's what Revelation talks about when he'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. But he got 27 years. That was a brick that hit my life out of nowhere. And the dent's still there. And I want you to look at me, friends, because you're looking at a person who's standing right now, but there are certain days where I am a crumbled mess. Have you ever heard this expression, phantom pains? That's when somebody loses a part of them, but their mind forgets that it's gone and tells them it's hurting or tells them to move a part of them. I have what's, nobody talks about this in grief. I kind of made this idea up the other day. It's like, I have phantom reminders. And this is what I mean. All Christmas is coming up. I I want to know if Michael wants to make that one thing Oh. Oh, I I love this movie. This is my favorite scene. My brother and I, we would always laugh at it. Oh, I'm going to text him the line. Oh. Have you ever been there? Some of you have. 27. 27. I folded up that sermon and when they were lowering my baby brother into the ground, I grabbed that sermon and I placed it in his jacket next to his heart. And I said, I'm gonna make this sermon my life message. Make the most of your grains of sand. Because he only got 27 years. And it was over. And maybe you're here tonight. You don't get a do-over. How many more seconds do you got left and you're running from the Lord? How many more seconds are you going to run from God and he's saying, baby, follow me? How long are you going to stay in that relationship God's telling you to run away from? How long are you going to delay getting the help that you need? I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're thinking to yourself, man, I wish I would have heard this sermon last summer. I would have I heard this up in January when this year got started. Have you ever heard this expression, when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When's the second best time to plant a tree? Now. Stop waiting. Stop waiting. 18 summers, 13 first days of school. Be there. You don't know how many seconds you got left make the most of the season you're in. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.